the story of Kandavadaha or the burning of the Kandava forest tells the shocking tale of how Arjuna and Krishna were involved in the burning of the Kandava forest. It also tells the stories of the survivors, the ones who escaped and the ones who were allowed to live. Okay. The story has many elements to it. I should warn you beforehand that it is a ghastly tale. Lives and homes were lost, ecosystems were destroyed. Not at all what you would expect of the heroes we love and admire so much. And I think this is what has inspired a lot of authors and scholars to dig deep into the story to try and understand what the story really means. The various stakes on the story is worth looking into and we will explore that in the later part of the podcast after the story so that you will have a chance to make up your own mind about the story. Hmm. If you think back to how the epic started, you will recall that King Janamejaya arranges for a snake sacrifice. So, King Janamejaya orders the killing of all the people belonging to the Naga tribe. And this was done in response to the killing of his father, King Parikshit, by the Naga leader, Takshaka. But why did Takshaka kill Parikshit? Why did he want to take on the Pandavas? Today's story has the answers to some of these questions. Okay. The burning of the Kandava forest happens sometime after Arjuna returns from his 12 years exile. To help with context, let us look into what's happening with the Pandavas around this time. Under the rule of the wise and virtuous Yudhisthira, Kandava Prastha is thriving. Many kings and territories come under their rule. Trade is robust. Citizens are well looked after. Learning of the Vedas and practicing of Vedic rituals and sacrifices are greatly supported. Basically, Yudhisthira is doing everything right and he's keeping the members of the clan happy and satisfied. Mm. Arjuna is back home and he's back with his brothers, his mother, his wives, Draupadi and Subhadra. He also has two sons, Abhimanyu from Subhadra and Shrutakarman from Draupadi. In fact, all the Pandava brothers have a son with Draupadi. And they're all born a year apart. Arjuna's very good friend Krishna visits Kandava Prastha and he's accompanied by many members of Subhadra's family. And they come bearing a lot of gifts. They bring gold, horses and many other items. And this adds to the growing wealth of the Pandavas. From previous episodes, we know that Krishna and Arjuna are really close. They're really good friends. And so Arjuna is really happy to have Krishna at Kandava Prastha. And they spend a lot of time together. Krishna also dotes on Abhimanyu, who is Subhadra and Arjuna's son. So Krishna spends a lot of time with Abhimanyu. He mentors him. He teaches him how to fight. And in this way, Krishna spends many days in Kandava Prastha. One fine day, Arjuna suggests to Krishna that they should make use of the great weather and they should go on a picnic. Krishna agrees. Once Yudhishthira approves of their plans, 
Arjuna and Krishna, accompanied by Draupadi and Subhadra and some of their friends, head to a beautiful place near the river Yamuna. So this place has been readied for them to have a party. It is decorated with garlands of sweet-smelling flowers. They have food and drinks and everyone's having a great time. Some people are playing in the water, some are wandering in the woods and some are staying in a house near the river. One could hear the sounds of men and women laughing, talking and shouting and some who have had a little bit too much to drink were even getting into fights. So it was a real party. They were having a great time. Arjuna and Krishna are also having a nice time, but at some point they move away from the rest of the people and they're wandering around in the woods and they come across a Brahmana. This Brahmana is no ordinary Brahmana. He is extremely tall. He has bronzed skin the color of molten gold. His beard is brown with reddish tint in it and his hair is all matted. So the Brahmana recognizes the princes and then he comes up to them and he tells them, I've got a problem. So the Brahmana is hungry and the only way the Brahmana eats food is by consuming them, by burning them. Hmm. So he burns food. That's how he eats. And he has a voracious appetite as well. So the Brahmana wants to burn that particular tract of forest that they were in, which is part of the Kandava forest. And he's tried to do this before, but every time he burns the forest, Indra, the rain god, stops him by drenching the fire with rain. So why does Indra do this? Because that tract of the Kandava forest is home to the people belonging to the Naga tribe. And the leader of the Naga people, Takshaka, is good friends with Indra. And so Indra will protect the Nagas and their leader. Okay, makes sense. So the Brahmana says, you both are extraordinary warriors, so please help me. The Brahmana wants Arjuna and Krishna to stop Indra from drenching the fire with rain. And he also wants them to make sure that no creature or no inhabitants of the forest will escape the fire. Arjuna and Krishna agree, but they tell the Brahmana that they don't have weapons strong enough to fight against the mighty Indra. Arjuna tells the Brahmana that he has not yet acquired weapons which can keep up with his superior strength and speed. So he asks for a few weapons. He asks for inexhaustible amounts of arrows, a chariot that is big enough to carry all the arrows he wants to carry, powerful horses which are white in color and strong enough to pull a chariot with great speed. In addition, he asks for more weapons for Krishna. The Brahmana agrees. He summons Varuna who is the god of water and tells him about the situation and asks him to give Arjuna the weapons. Varuna gives Arjuna the Gandiva. 
This is a supremely designed colorful bow and it is said to have 108 celestial strings. The Gandiva is said to be as strong as 1 lakh bows put together. That is how strong it is said to be because it was created by Brahma and Brahma used it for a millennia and then he passed it down to Prajapati who then passed it down to Shiva who then passes it down to Varuna who now passes it down to Arjuna and later Arjuna returns it to the God. So the Gandiva is indestructible and it can destroy any other weapon on earth. But really, the superpower of this weapon is that the person who wields the bow, he gets a lot of self-confidence and self-belief. I think that's the most interesting part of this bow. Varuna also gives Arjuna two quivers which carries inexhaustible amounts of arrows. He gives him magnificent looking Gandharva horses which were silvery white in color and they had gold harnesses. He also gives him a powerful chariot which was designed by Vishwakarma who is the architect of the gods. Now this chariot had a flagpole and the flag had the sign of the divine monkey along with the signs of lion, tiger and other ferocious beasts. Agni gave Krishna a chakra or disc with a vajra or diamond in the middle of it. Agni tells Krishna that the chakra can kill any enemy, be it human, god, rakshasas, nagas, anybody. He also tells Krishna that when he wields it, the chakra, the tremendous weapon that it is, will go kill the enemy and then come back to Krishna. Varuna gives Krishna a club named Kaumodaki. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the iconography of Vishnu, in it, you often see Vishnu with both these weapons, the chakra and the club. So, so um, really, you know, Krishna is said to be the reincarnation of Vishnu. So I think this is where the author is trying to explain this uh, divine status of Krishna. So Arjuna and Krishna are satisfied with the weapon. They feel that they are now ready to take on the mighty Indra. So the burning of the forest begins. Agni takes the form of a powerful fire and he engulfs the forest in his fiery flames. It was a terrible fire and it surrounded the forest on all sides, essentially trapping all its inhabitants. Krishna and Arjuna get on their swift chariots and they start to patrol the perimeter of the tract. They lay in wait for any creature trying to escape and when they spot someone trying to escape, they would shoot them with arrows, capture them and throw them back into the fire. 
People were desperately trying to escape from all sides. They were frightened. Their blood churning screams pierced the air. The fire, thousands of people perished in it. The victims' bodies were burnt beyond recognition. Some would later see people huddling together, their arms around their loved ones in their final moments. It was a ghastly sight. When Indra comes to know about the attack, he rushes to save the people. He fills the sky with clouds and starts a downpour. But at this point, the fire is so powerful that the rains do nothing. And to add to that, Arjuna and Krishna are also helping Agni. They drive out the rain with the barrage of arrows. While they were fighting, Takshaka's son, Ashwasena, successfully escapes. And it was not an easy escape. In fact, Ashwasena tries multiple times to escape and each time he's thwarted by Arjuna. Finally, desperate to save her son, Ashwasena's mother swallows him. Remember now, the Nagas are serpents. So she swallows him head first and by before she swallows his tail end, Arjuna catches on their plan. He turns and directs a deadly arrow towards her and slices off her head. While this is happening, Indra is watching and to help, he makes it rain really hard. So this interferes with Arjuna's vision and this provides Ashwasena with a sliver of a window in which to escape and Ashwasena takes it. He escapes and this makes Arjuna mad. He feels that he's been deceived. So Arjuna directs all his anger towards Indra and he attacks him with a barrage of arrows. Indra counterattacks with the missile and he sends it up to the sky and the sky is filled with clouds and rain. So now Arjuna brings out the big guns. He has the knowledge of a weapon named Vayavya, which is a water weapon. So this weapon ends the energy of Indra, which in turn ends the energy of the clouds and the lightning. The rains stop. The sun comes back out. And this makes it perfect for Agni to grow more powerful and to continue his carnage. Many allies of the Nagas and Indra try to stop Agni's allies. Garuda, the king of birds, who belongs to the Superna lineage, joins the Nagas to try and stop the duo. Many gods, Rakshasas, Yakshas, they all try and stop them. But Arjuna and Krishna prove to be unstoppable as they defeat all their enemies with their powerful weapons. That is intense. They are intense. They really want to get this deal done. They're holding up their part of the bargain. So now Indra has had enough. He wants to really stop these two. So he calls on to other gods and his allies and he wants to attack them. 
Indra himself comes down on his vehicle, the white elephant, Airavata, and then he faces Arjuna and Krishna head on. But Arjuna and Krishna, they just defeat everybody. They are so good at what they do. They just use their powerful weapon and defeat everyone. And they fight for a few rounds. And at some point, Indra begins to get really impressed with the two of them. He's like, oh my God, look at their prowess in the battlefield. Indra tests their skills by challenging them in different ways. He throws a shower of rocks at Arjuna, who destroys it with his arrows. He then hurls a giant peak of Mount Mandhara, which Arjuna destroys with his fire-tipped arrows. So Indra is immensely impressed with them. And soon, Indra hears a divine message in the sky. And this messenger tells Indra that his friend Takshaka is safe. When the fire starts in the forest, Takshaka was actually in Kurukshetra. He was out of town. So Takshaka is safe. So the messenger tells Indra, you can't do anything about the fire. It is destined. So just leave it. You can go. Indra listens to the divine messenger. When Indra leaves, Agni continues to burn through the forest and Arjuna and Krishna continue to make sure that nobody escapes the fire. But there were a few who escaped. The book mentions eight people who escaped. So there is Takshaka, who fortunately for him was in Kurukshetra. And there is Takshaka's son, Ashwasena, who was saved by his mother. And then there is Maya, who was an Asura. And Maya tries to escape, but Arjuna spots him. And then Agni, Arjuna and Krishna are in pursuit of Maya. They capture him and they're about to kill him. But Maya pleads with Arjuna to save his life. Arjuna agrees and they let him live. And a grateful Maya becomes an ally of Arjuna. So these are the three people. The other five are actually, they are Sharangaka birds. The birds could be Chataka, a type of cuckoo, or they could be peacocks. There is a family of five Sharangaka birds living in the Kandava tract. There is a mother named Jarita and her four sons. The son's father is a rishi named Mandapala. Mandapala is a great rishi and after his death, he enters heaven. While in heaven, he's shocked that some of the doors in heaven are not open to him. So he goes to Yama and asks him, You know, I've conducted countless austerities and yet... Some of the doors in heaven are close to me. So Yama tells him, Yes, I know you've conducted a lot of austerities, but you did not have a son. Mandapala does not have a son. So Yama tells him, Because he is childless, some of the doors of heaven will remain close to him. 
Mandapala is very sad. He really wants to attain the highest order in heaven. So he starts to think he needs to have lot of children quickly. And he thinks, okay, so birds have many children quickly. So he decides to take the form of a Shangaka bird and he goes to earth where he meets Jarita and then they have four sons. Unfortunately for Jarita, Mandapala leaves her while she is still pregnant and he goes to Lapita who is his human wife. Jarita is devastated. She decides to have her children on her own and she raises them in the Kandava forest. So when Agni is burning through the forest, Mandapala sees him while he's walking with his wife Lapita. Mandapala realizes that Agni is headed towards where his sons are living. So Mandapala is worried. He goes to Agni and begs him to save his sons' lives. Agni agrees and promises him that he will not harm his sons. Now, neither Jarita nor her sons know about this promise and they are worried for their lives as they see the rapidly spreading fire. Jarita is worried because her sons are very young. They can barely walk or fly. So they need a lot of help to escape and Jarita can't do it all on her own and she can neither leave because her sons are there. So she laments about this with her sons and her sons tell her, you know, mother, you can leave. It's okay. You are still young. You can have more kids and make sure that your lineage won't die. They say that it's okay for her to leave and let them die. That's fine. Jarita is not okay with it. She tells her sons that they can hide in a hole in the ground and she can cover it with dirt. And when Agni leaves, she can come back and help them out. But the sons point out that there is a big rat in the hole. And they don't have any protection because they have no feathers yet. So they're sure that the big rat will eat them up. And they feel that they would rather be burnt by fire than be eaten by the rat. But Jarita tells them that she's sure the rat is not there anymore because she saw a hawk come and take away the rat. So the sons tell her, you know, you can't really be sure about it. So we would rather take our chances with the fire. Finally, Jarita takes her son's advice and with a heavy heart, she leaves to a safe place. But before she goes, she talks to Agni and asks him to spare her son's lives. Her sons also speak to Agni and they praise him for his powers and his accomplishments. This pleases Agni. And Agni tells them, I've promised your father that I won't harm you. So you're all right. Don't worry about anything. And he tells them, you can ask me for anything. So the birds tell him that a cat and his relatives have caused them a lot of trouble and they want Agni to take care of it. I don't really know what the cat means. Like There is no reference about it uh, in the book. But anyways, Agni agrees and he takes care of it for the birds. 
and when jarita returns she finds that her kids are safe and sound and she is ecstatic meanwhile mandapala has a change of heart he leaves his wife lapita and returns back to his sons and jarita at first they are not very excited about his return and they are not very welcoming but mandapala talks to them and all is okay later on and they leave kandaprastha and go to a new place to start a new life other than the eight mentioned in the story all other creatures living in the kandava tract were destroyed agni burns them all he consumes the fat and marrow of all the creatures finally his hunger is satisfied agni is immensely pleased with krishna and arjuna and he tells them that he could not have done this without their help also pleased with arjuna and krishna is indra indra acknowledges that they are extraordinary warriors and they have extraordinary skills and he wants to reward them he offers them a boon and tells them to ask him for something no human can give them <laughs> so arjuna asks him for all his weapons indra agrees but with a caveat he tells him he will give him all his weapons only when mahadeva or shiva is pleased with arjuna and when that happens indra will give him his vayavya and agneya weapons which is water and fire weapons respectively krishna also asks for a boon and it it is very interesting he asks that he should always be loving towards arjuna and indra agrees and krishna gets his wishes okay and that is the story of the burning of the kandava forest so why burn forests burning of the forest was one of the ways in which people at the time cleared land for human habitation and cultivation there are other books which mention stories about kings who used this method to clear lands so the fact that the pandavas burnt the forest to make more land for their expanding city or the fact that they annihilated an entire group of people so that they won't have any future opposition while shocking it's it's not really surprising and the pandavas were always looking to build alliances and procure new weapons and we've seen this in previous stories starting from after the burning of the lack house and when they went into hiding but what about the rest of it the part where agni asks them for a favor varuna gives them weapons they fight and defeat indra and indra offers them boons and the birds the story of the birds there are scholars who have wondered if this story means more than just the historical aspect of it 
is this a story where the author is trying to tell us the divine status of Narayana or Krishna and his relationship with Nara, the human, Arjuna? Or is this a story where the author is trying to cement the position of the Aryan heroes Arjuna and Krishna as greater than that of the Aryan gods like Indra? Some, and I find this the most interesting interpretation, some think that it is indicative of the coming of the end of age or yugas. So there is pradaya which is the destruction and it is indicated by Agni's selfish actions. The savior is Krishna who restores the dharma. Arjuna Ashwasena and Takshaka, they all represent the royal family who protect Dharma. Maya is indicative of the Maya Loka or the illusion and magic of the ever-changing physical world. And the four birds, they represent the four Vedas. In short, all those who were saved are the elements that are needed for the creation of a new world after the destruction of the pralaya. There is also a possibility that at some point a narrator decided that the story is brutal and violent and it portrays the heroes in a bad light and giving them a divine status might make the story more palatable. Now, there are many such interpretations and I felt like these were the more interesting ones. But none of them actually tell us exactly what the story means. Whatever the original intention may have been, it is lost to us as the story has been passed down to us through generations, through we don't even know how many narrators. And so really... All we can do is guess. I'm curious to know what you think about the story. What do you think all this means? And I would like for you to leave me a comment about what you think. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for joining me. I will leave all the references in the episode description. I hope to see you here soon. Dhanyavada. Thank you.